0: listening to the loving bdsm podcast episode 270 kayla lords here with the one the only the why are you glaring at me like that john brownstone (laughs) you're giving me a look
1: yeah why because i can
0: uh typical dom answer (laughs) (laughs) today we're discussing and reacting to a recent survey that asked people about their sexual desires spoiler alert a lot of it's kinky Welcome to the Loving BDSM podcast. If this is your first time listening, glad to have you. If you're back for another week, welcome back. Loving BDSM is produced every Friday for your kinky pleasure and education and show notes are found at lovingbdsm.net. Come back often and feel free to add the podcast to your favorite podcast app. If you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, feel free to leave a review. If you listen anywhere else, feel free to share your favorite episode. You can follow the show on Twitter at Loving BDSM, on FetLife at Loving BDSM PC, on Instagram at that handle I will forever fucking hate, Loving DS and the number one, that's Loving DS1, or on YouTube at youtube.com slash Loving where you can watch us live stream the podcast every Wednesday. All links are in the show notes. Again, that's at LovingBDSM.net. A big shout out, as always, to our kinky patrons over on Patreon, including Mm -hmm. our newest peeps. We see you. We love you. You will never know how much we fucking appreciate you. OMG! (laughs) Uh, If you would like access to more content, like a monthly live Q&A, a a monthly behind-the-scenes podcast Mm -hmm. episode, stuff like that, and to a uh, members-only Discord server, uh, you can join us over on Patreon for as little as $2 a month, and that's at patreon.com slash patreon.com slash Lords or use the link uh, on in the show notes at lovingbdsm.net. Within our newsletter, we try to put it everywhere is all I'm saying.
1: <laughs> it's there. It's somewhere.
0: It's everywhere. <laughs> okay. So, uh, yeah, the thing we're going to react to and discuss this week, uh, hit my email inbox at some point in the past couple days. Um, and it is the... Results and I don't have like raw data results, y'all. It was like a press release write-up, but it was the results of a survey slash poll done um, th- through a company called OnePoll, and a sex toy company that we have talked about before that we are affiliates yeah. of, full disclosure there, of Mystery Vibe. <laughs> so for any of my research nerds out there, no, I don't know how scientifically rigorous this study was. No, I don't know uh, any real good information about the raw data, the demographics. Uh, what I know, like <laughs> well, this is a fun thing, y'all. Uh, what I know is 2,000 Americans were surveyed Um, it does not appear that they looked at any gender other than man, woman. So we don't have any non-binary. We don't have any of that. So it's uh, pretty cis-normative, if not completely cis-normative. But this is meant to be a fun thing. Um, Mm -hmm. And they basically asked... 2000 people, how's your sex life going in the middle of the plague? And has anything new come up for you? Mm -hmm. And, um, are there is there anything that's on your mind that maybe wasn't on your mind before? And what they the their overall uh results that they discovered is now we got a lot of secret kinks here in America. I'm pretty sure that's probably true of most Eurocentric uh countries and cultures. Uh, but these are, this is American focused. So just mm-hmm. so, for our international listeners, so you know. Um, and I just kinda wanna go through some of these. So Mystery Vibe, just to, to more disclosure, we are not being paid to talk about this. We're mm. not asked to talk about this. It was a press release that normally I delete these, but I went, Wait, this is giving me thoughts and feels. Was well,
1: <laughs> well, things that mean? make you go, hmm? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Exactly. So, uh, but Mystery Rob does make sex toys we've talked about in the past. Um, so they, I think they do this annually. I feel like okay. I've seen All this right. before. Um, so yeah, just so you know. So here we go. Oh, and we have gotten a question from um, Kayla, who is my name twin, mm-hmm. uh, in the YouTube live stream chat whether we'll link the article. They actually did not send me any link to an article. I think what they want me to do is to write the article. And what I might do Mm. is post that at lovingbdsm.net. And if I do that, then yes, I will make sure that we link it out in the places. Um, If you are a newsletter subscriber, uh, podcast listeners, or YouTube watchers, that would be the most direct way to get it. But yeah, no, I went looking for a link too. Cause it was like, oh, wouldn't people like to see this? And I know that's what this is. They're like, no, we want you to create the link. <laughs> Which thankfully on my to-do list today is write a blog post for loving BDSM. So ta-da, topic figured out, I guess. <laughs> so we're gonna go through these because some of them were like, Meh, And then there got to a point I was like, I have thoughts. So, and uh, on YouTube, if you're watching, you can see I've highlighted and yes, Yes, I use a purple Purple highlighter. Podcast listeners, I know none of (laughs) y'all are shocked. Okay. So the very first thing out of this survey of 2,000 people, it says that 32% admitted to having a kink their partner doesn't know about.
1: I'm not surprised by that, but I'm also not surprised it's higher.
0: That's the thing. I'm thinking it's a little low. Yeah. I'm thinking it's a little low, especially as, as we go through these results. A lot of the things that what is kinky to one person is not kinky to an another necessarily. Like some things I would go, that's kind of vanilla To other people are really kinky. So the reason I'm kind of surprised that's not higher is because they loop into um, their kink sort of uh, categories. They also include like anal, anything anal certain mm-hmm. types of sex toys. It was like, shouldn't this number be higher? So then the question is, are these just the people who are willing to admit it? And how I, many I, people wouldn't admit it? I,
1: I think that's what I, m- my personal feeling on that. Mm-hmm. I, I think mm-hmm. there are people who wouldn't admit it mm-hmm. because, you know, let's face it, even as is, when 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 I know for myself, when I came into the lifestyle and I, I hear so many people, you know, other people say the same thing mm-hmm. that. You know, because what we like is so fringe, you know, there is a certain shame to liking what we like. Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. So, you know, even to just admit, even though it's anonymous.
0: Mm -hmm. I think what I wish that I knew is, okay. 32 said they have a kink their partner doesn't know mm -hmm. about. How many of them have a kink their partner does know about and how many of them don't think that they have a kink at all? So that's what I would actually like to know, because it's still kind of sad to me that. If you extrapolate this, that a third of Americans have a kink that they haven't told their partner about. Like, that's kind of mm-hmm. sad to me because I understand why. I understand that there's the fear. I mean, well, you went through it in there, a previous relationship.
1: There, there is the fear of both rejection mm-hmm. and fear of judgment.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And you, you know, went through both. And I, know
1: you did. I I went through both yeah. at that point. So that's, you know, a, a lot to to have thrown at your plate mm-hmm. for something, you know? Yeah. And it's so. hard. The,
0: the unknowable thing is how many people fear that rejection and judgment and it would not happen at all. And how many people are like sort of right to keep that to themselves because they know the reaction is not going to be mm-hmm. good or they're just keeping it to themselves because they're ashamed. And that just makes me sad. Yeah. It just makes me sad. Um, here's one that su- kind of surprised me. Mm-hmm. Like, because the, just go down the logic rabbit hole. It said about 30% of Americans said that their sex drive increased during the plague. And at first I was like 30% and I went, wait, that means 70% either had no change or a decrease. Right. That would make a lot of sense to me. Yeah. <laughs> I know, I know for us, I know this 30%. So somebody y'all out there would go, yeah, yeah, that mm-hmm. tracks the thing. I'm in the the seventy percent that i I am
1: I am too for me for me it decreased oh yeah okay yeah, totally and uh it still hasn't quite rebounded, but it's it's slowly mm-hmm. starting to get there yep you for know? Sure. so you know, yeah, I, that, th- those numbers, I'm, I'm not really surprised. I mean, I know some people did have an increase, but mm-hmm. most people I talk to, it, it went on the, the yeah. downward slope.
0: And I do wonder how much of that comes back to how you just react to stressful times. Like I mm-hmm. react to stressful times by closing up fucking shop. Like I am just, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not interested. I'm not interested. I'm not interested. I'm not interested. And I, and that's any kind of stressor. So, the plague for many of us, if Mm. not all of us, was extremely stressful. But also I know that there are people who respond to stress in a variety of ways. And that uh, obviously one of those would be that opposite of, wait, let's, because I know there are people who also kind of go, you know, proof that life is short, proof that you have no control over anything. I'm like, carpe the fucking diem. You know, (laughs) I'm gonna, I'm gonna like seize my opportunities and, or maybe they're having more sex out of boredom. You couldn't go anywhere. Yeah, working from home, have mm-hmm. more time. If you were working from home, I know not everybody was, um, but even if you had to work outside of your home, you couldn't maybe do a lot of the other social stuff. So mm-hmm. you're at home.
1: I mean, well, I mean, stress sex from boredom. Stress, okay, stress is directly related to libido.
0: I mean, in some ways, yeah.
1: So I, I think you know a lot of people were under a lot of different stress. And that very easily could affect
0: Oh sure. You know, but your either way, or, either yeah. you're going to have more sex or you're going to have less mm-hmm. sex. So that mm-hmm. I, I get that. Um, okay, so here was one. This one also um was kinda hopeful. It okay. said four in ten people, so about forty percent, are more open to exploring their sex life and sexual desires now than before the pandemic. And here's what that made me think of. It's making me think of all the headlines I'm seeing right now of people who are like oh, we just came through this fucking plague. I'm quitting that job I hate. I'm changing my life. I'm ending that relationship. I'm starting that. Mm -hmm. It's like people have, the the thinking goes in these media stories is that people have sort of been faced with this stressful, hard, tough time, in some cases, life-changing moment. And they're like, I don't want to keep doing something that makes me miserable or I want to go do things that make me happy. Mm -hmm. And I wonder if more people... 40% Forty percent more people wanting to explore their sex life and sexual desires is part of that as well.
1: Yeah, and and I have seen many many people, um, you know, as as we're coming out the the other side of the uh, tunnel with all this, mm-hmm. um, saying you know they have had um, realizations, mm-hmm. you know that. Um, they want to connect more with people, mm-hmm. um, you know, do things that they had not previously done before, mm-hmm. you know, and, and just enhance their life in, in so many ways. Um, I, I think, you know, this the whole thing with, with the lockdown and, and the world basically being put on hold, life being um, put on hold. People were kind of like, you know, yeah, there, there's a little bit more to to all this than mm-hmm. than than what we've been, you know, mm-hmm. doing and living. And, you, you know, it it's time to step out and take those chances. Right. And, and, you know, yeah, life
0: is too fucking short. Yeah. And I mean, it's sort of sad that collectively, obviously, this is not this is not everybody, but collectively, we've been reminded in not a great way that life is fucking short. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um
0: so yeah, I I my response to stress is to just do more work, do more of mm-hmm. whatever. So I get like tunnel vision and I put my head down and I kind of just plow forward in whatever my lane is. So I don't usually take those kinds of opportunities, but I know that people do. And, you know, let's um Let's extrapolate that out. Okay. If 40% are more open to exploring their sex life and sexual desires, that means more people are going to come to kink. Because while there's a lot of ways to explore desires, sexuality, and just how you have sex and how you define sex, kink is one of those things. Sure. Which means we could see as a community-
1: An influx. An
0: influx, which from my perspective, and we all handle this differently and have our own you know, view on this, but from our perspective with what we do, that means, okay, let's be prepared for people, you know, to remind people of, hey, uh, there are dangers here. And yeah, also, and, and let's that's, welcome new people. And, that, and, and that's the thing. And, and
1: hopefully, you know, in, in this time where, you know, people had time to, to explore things that people are, are, you know, opening up to these desires, that they have been seeking out mm-hmm. education, mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. to to have an understanding of what it really is, um, you know, what it can and can't bring to to the table in, in your life and others and and do proceeding safely.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I would say, if you're just like out there living your kink life, but you're part of the Kink community, mm-hmm. it's a little bit for anybody who was a Kingster pre fifty shades, <laughs> probably not at the volume of the post Fifty Shades influx, but I think it's gonna be something like that where you're gonna get a lot of wide-eyed, starry-eyed, I'm living my BDSM fantasy life, folks. And we just kind of have to remember what it was like to be new ourselves. And I would say, especially if you were part of that influx of Fifty Shades made you go, wait, I think I'm fucking kinky. Let me go out there. Right. We were, you know, uh, frenzy um, will be a thing. Um, f-
1: f- frenzy was, was a thing. Now, I, I know at that time where, where I lived, uh, when Fifty Shades, the books first came out um, and things peaked, what the uh, community leader in our area did, they sat down, she sat down and mapped out a plan. Mm-hmm. To, to welcome these people in and and offer them education mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: okay And the other aspect of that was you know it, everything's a percentages game. right. So you know you had from you, you had everything from you know people who are genu- genuinely interested coming in to um, people who, were just looky loos. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they had this curiosity of, you know, what what is this and they, they just kinda wanted to to take a peek on behind the curtain, so sure, to speak. Sure, sure. You know, and, and they were there one day and, and gone the next. You know, so it the, while there was a big influx of people mm-hmm. for a short for a short time, the actual numbers that stayed You know, and then there were others that came in. They really thought they were interested, and then when they really saw what it was like, oh no, the oh no, this is not sounds like
0: work. I'm out (laughs) of here. (laughs) (laughs) So that's all like hopeful and woo, -woo -woo, but then we get into. a section Mm -hmm. that is where we start. It goes back to what we were talking about. The, I have these kinks. I won't tell my partner I'm interested in stuff. I won't tell my partner. So here are some that um, kind of even go, Oh, so it was like some fantasies uh, were too taboo. They were, the survey said they were just too taboo to ever even try. So at 27% of respondents group sex, Which, are there safety concerns with group sex? Yes, safer sex practices are a thing. Mm -hmm. The people you're encountering, yes. I mean, they're not everybody's always like the best human being. Like, yes, but it's like really group sex. Like this is just shows how far down the kink rabbit hole I am. I'm like, (laughs) that didn't feel
1: too taboo to me, but. Well, you know, it it probably doesn't at this point. Mm In in many ways. I mean, let's but put it this
0: way: we did just come out of a plague. where breathing on one another was like, eh. So would I consider that a little riskier? <laughs> <than it laughs> used to be, yes. Everybody wear your mask. If,
1: but you you're know, are gonna do that. Let us face it with with anything, whether whether it's um, you know a, a threesome of any configuration, you know, couple swapping. Um, I know, um, was it cut queening?
0: I think so. I'm that's not a term, you know, I know and, the term, and, but I'm not. And,
1: and then the, the male equivalent, the, uh, the other cuckold. side cuckold, um, you know, there needs to be so much communication.
0: Oh yeah. But see, that's the thing. It's a risky thing, but it doesn't feel taboo. But for some people, it's so taboo to, min- to mention. And then that makes me question, is it because of some of the toxic nature of monogamy? Monogamy, if it's right for you, then it's right for you. But we don't talk Mm -hmm. about it in a healthy way. Much like everything else, it relates to sex and relationships that we don't talk about in a healthy Mm -hmm. way. So if you're thinking, I'd love to do this threesome, I'd love to, you know, be a swinger, I'd love to go to an orgy, but you have internalized that whole, oh my gosh, I'm an awful person if I'm not completely satisfied by a single person, you know, this, my one partner for the rest of my fucking life. Then, yeah, I could see where you wouldn't be able to speak up and go, Shh, you know, yeah. your friend's cute. Is he interesting? Like, <laughs> I, could, I do get it, but I, it's just a reminder. Yeah. Like I'm way down a different rabbit hole now. I'm like, nah, we're like openly talking about it. Like we're not doing anything about it because it's still technically a plague out there. But mm-hmm. uh, The next one. So this is where I started rolling my eyes at the survey. More than anything, I feel like (sighs) so fantasies too taboo to mention. At 26% was sadism and masochism, which okay, okay, but at 24% was BDSM. And I was like, did anybody sit down and go, here's what BDSM is? (laughs) Well, and here's what, like, yes, sadism and masochism is a separate chunk mm -hmm. of BDSM, but Talking about BDSM le- with all the letters, like, S&M mm-hmm. isn't in the word. Like, it's two completely separate yeah. things. I just go...
1: Okay. Here's here's my thought on this. Okay. Are you familiar with what a, a line trimmer is for the lawn? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think okay. so. Okay, you think so. you know, when, when you... After you mow the lawn, you have, you know, along the edges, the, the little strands of grass. Yeah. And and you use a line trimmer. Okay. To... to Cut them down. We
0: all learned something about lawn care today. All okay. Right?
1: Well, you don't hear people call them line trimmers okay. generally. You hear them called weed eaters, yeah. which is a trade brand actually. Sure, it's, it's not... like
0: Band-Aid and an adhesive bandage. Yes. Yes.
1: And and I think that's what the term BDSM has become. I
0: know, but here's the thing that, here's the question that comes to mind. This is why I wanted us to react because we have the perspective of having an understanding of this if s mm-hmm. for this 26% is too taboo to mention, then do they think bondage is okay to mention, dominance and submission is okay to mention, discipline is okay to mention? Because that's the other part of the data I'm not getting. Is it just the s aspects mm-hmm. for these 26% people and every other part of kink is fine and they would tell their partner? Yeah. Or is the only thing they know about kink, whatever they've heard about the S&M part, Whereas if somebody says BDSM, I actually, un- I understand going oh BDSM that's way too, that that's way too taboo to mention. I don't agree. I I want people to like realize that in with the right people and in a safe way you can explore and at least even yeah. admit it. Twenty four percent were like BDSM. No 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 too taboo. Okay because there's so much. I know somebody goes is thinking BDSM. Oh that's that like that whips and chains thing. That's that. You know snapping, cracking the whip thing, right that's yeah. being tied up and and they're thinking, you know, I don't know how a person is thinking of b d s m but that was where I was like, wait, I, this just gives me more questions that aren't being answered <laughs> so um, here's a breakdown by. Cisgenders. I'm assuming cis men and cis women here. Men were more likely to consider S&M off limits, 32%. And women said multiple partner or group sex was just too risque for them at 25%. So of these breakdowns of the group sex, S&M and BDSM, in general, 30% or a third of the men were like, S&M, that's that's a step too far. That makes sense to me though. Yeah. Well, uh, men are conditioned and are told that they're not supposed to hit. They're not supposed to be abusive. Now, do we know that there are men out there like that? Of course there are. But the men who would think about that would be like, uh, no, we can't talk about that. We can't mention it. I can't beat you up. Now they're not thinking that they themselves could be beat up. Well, But, you know, I mean, we know that you mm-hmm. went through it. You had your own sure. crisis of conscience yeah. to get to a point where That's you could handle it. So That's that very true. So that does make sense to me because sadism and masochism, we're thinking of pain. We're not thinking of when you I think when you don't understand how the kink can work, you think of it in very binary terms. It's it's this kind of awful thing, mm-hmm. it's, you know. So now, see, I'd,
1: I'd be more curious, you know, to consider S&M. Um, Well, they consider it off limits. I, I would I would be more curious to have asked a a dual question mm-hmm. of Would you consider S and M giving? Would you consider S yes. and M receiving? A
0: BDSM test is what these well. people need. It. version. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. Like yeah. okay. And that and that's where some of these kinds of surveys become disappointing to me because at a surface level, the surface level is, ooh, people are kinkier than they're willing to admit. Well, we all fucking knew that. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's not a surprise to anybody, I don't right? think. But it's like, yeah, when you start digging deeper, it's like, okay, but how do you, def- how did the survey or poll or however they did this, mm-hmm. how did they define these terms yeah. and how did they ask them? Because yeah, the real question is, okay, do you want to be the re- on the receiving end of pain? Mm-hmm. Do you want to be on the giving end? Do you think one is more taboo than the other? Like yeah. these are these are questions and I'll bet that there are some studies out there where people have answered these questions but we're talking <laughs> about this this little survey. Okay, so um the next getting off of that I told you this would be chaotic, yeah. Um so they did find that 40% of Americans want to try sex toys, but are afraid of how their partner will react. That tracks that, with everything I've ever read or yeah. written about, done my own research on, on sex toys. I'm not surprised by that. But um, they actually did break it down by looking at some of the most, let's put air quotes on this word, intimidating sex toys. So of mm-hmm. course, like everything, intimidation is in the eye of the beholder. Um, but here were the top three. 27% said butt plugs were the most intimidating sex toy. Uh, 24% <laughs> oh, said got... anal beads. And then 23% said whips. Now here's where I'll stop because as just as somebody who's worked with a lot of sex toy companies over the years, they t- if it's not a BDSM shop run by fucking kingsters they'll call whips every fucking thing, a crop, an actual bull tail, mm-hmm. like single tail, whatever that single, is. Thank uh, you. bull whip. Bull whip. Um, floggers, they'll call whips. Mm-hmm. They'll just call it all whips. So what do they mean by whips? Now I understand butt plugs and anal beads for two reasons. Butt plugs, if you've never done anything anal and you're not quite sure how you feel about it, even a small butt plug, you're like, is that thing fucking fitting up my ass? But if you look at a big one, which the big ones tend to get like the Some most of attention. big and yeah. I, I have done anal and I know how to do it safely and I'm still intimidated. Anal beads, if you're again, if you're like completely innocent to anal or new mm-hmm. to it, anal beads don't have to be, but they tend to be like long, and they start, you know, the tip is like a teeny tiny yeah. bead, and the and then end it gets
1: thicker as it, it goes. Each, each, bead. each bead gets a little bigger, yeah. Right,
0: and they're great as a training tool, and they're great for sensation. And if you're into anal, you probably already know. But if you have never done it before and you look at anal beads, you're like, what? <laughs> Whips, this is this is why I wanted us to talk about this, because this is where I get annoyed. What the fuck do you mean by whips? Do you mean floggers? do, do you mean crops? Do you mean the bull whip? Like, yeah, mm. I'm intimidated by a fucking bull whip. So what do we mean here? This is where the kingster in me gets annoyed. <laughs> but I will say that um a hitty toy of any sort. If you're like not actually in kink and you're not actually pras- practicing impact play or don't know how you feel about impact play yet, that, I'm, I want you to be a little intimidated by something you're going to hit another human being. With. Yeah.
1: Please and and see, <laughs> now to me, though, I'm, I'm going to nitpick just a little bit. Okay. Um, they, they say that they, you know, they, they termed it as sex toys. Sure. And to me, a whip, a crop. Um, a flogger is not necessarily to me a yep. sex toy.
0: Yeah. Right, because it's not n- always necessarily about sex. Yeah. Right.
1: Yeah. I mean, if I'm, you, it, you know, if I'm flogging your ass, it's, you know, to a certain extent, it is sexual because you do get turned on by it.
0: Right but it's but not doesn't using it doesn't fall within our definition of having sex together. True. Right. And I it can because I know for many I don't want to just say newer kinksters because I know there are people who would consider themselves kinky, might even consider themselves part of the the lifestyle and their kink expression is inherently and completely sexual. Everything they're doing, it's about sex for them. And we don't talk about that a lot because they're, we talk about the other non-sexual parts of mm-hmm. power exchange most often, but that that's just a, f- a fact of life. And sex toy retailers, Stockroom, Love, Honey, Adam and Eve, all those, they categorize those things as sex toys. They're selling them so that you can go be sexy with one another. Mm-hmm. And in a survey like this, if you're talking to people that it does not say, if they narrowed out, you know, only talk to people who claim not to be kinky or whatever, probably not, it was probably pretty general. Um, If the way you've heard about these items is from a sex toy retailer, in your mind, that's a sex toy. And if your only experience with seeing them in action or even being nominally aware of them is in either a parody or something serious where it's a hyper-sexualized kind of thing, Mm -hmm. then yeah, in your mind, that's a sex toy. Can it all be a sex toy for kinksters who are like, this is how we have our sex life? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you're right. It's, from our perspective, we'd be like, it's a kink toy. Yeah. It's a tool. I mean, but I, I would, a I would much rather
1: see, you know, uh, take out the the, the whips. Mm-hmm. Where's the vibrators and dildos in addition to what they've, they've listed?
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think because this is just a write up, they're just giving a surface level kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, those are the most intimidating. So after that, maybe it becomes statistically insignificant and they're just not intimidating. Mm-hmm. Also, they wa- were wanting to, to make their point about, we have all these secret kinks. Look, mm-hmm. these top three most intimidating sex toys. Um, hey, if nothing else, if you don't find this of interest, maybe we'll help you uh, think more critically about surveys when you see press releases <laughs> or news articles <laughs> in the future. Um, So I did not actually highlight this, but I do want to um, bring it up because of you, actually. Uh Uh-oh. So it said, I think I got coffee on my shirt, I did. Uh, Nearly half of the men who responded said they would feel uncomfortable bringing up the notion of sex toys to their partner compared to 30% of women who would feel uncomfortable. Hmm. Um, Which I know that that does not surprise me um, yeah. I am sad that that number is as high as it is, but it I know. doesn't actually surprise me. Um, 56%, I think it was men. Yeah. 56% of the men said they feel it's more socially acceptable for women to use sex toys than men. I definitely recognize that. I don't agree with it obviously, but I, yeah, there is this sort of narrative that is, as we talk a little bit more openly, a little bit about, um, women, cis women primarily, and they're uh, reclaiming their, their sexual pleasure and masturbating and, and normalizing those things that we haven't talked about. The focus has been on cis women and their use of sex toys. And yes, I have absolutely, I've even seen the shamey, like gross com- comments and content about, ooh, why is a guy using a flashlight? Because it fucking feels good. Back the fuck off, right? <laughs> so I'm not surprised by this, but as a guy, who yeah. has a bigger sex toy collection than I do at this point? <laughs> and I, you have another one on the way, and we have multiple r- reviews that we still need yeah. to actually do. Uh, how do you, how do you feel about this? Do you recognize yourself in that stat? If you do, how did you overcome that? Like, um, I, you know, I
1: have always embraced toys. Mm-hmm. I, I, I like my toys. I always have. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I I find it funny, it, especially most men mm-hmm. who feel intimidated by toys.
0: Do you mean that they feel intimidated by their partner using a toy? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They think they're going to be replaced. Yeah. Gosh. Let me just roll my eyes there. And
1: and no, it can add so much fun. And here's the
0: thing. If you are worried you're going to be replaced because you are not giving your partner the any level of the kind of pleasure that they're getting from their toy, uh, that's the need for a conversation and for upping your fucking game in the bedroom. Right, (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I I get where the fear comes from, Mm -hmm. but also I'm like, because baby, have you just been focusing on your own pleasure and now you're like, oh shit, my partner's feeling good and I didn't cause it. I'm not gonna be needed. Well, then fucking cause pleasure. I
1: mean, I enjoy it when we use toys together mm-hmm. as a mm-hmm. couple,
0: mm-hmm.
1: all right? And I have absolutely no problem with you going, you know, when you- Yeah, you, we actually
0: you, lifted part of our orgasm control rules because once I was dipped my toe into reviewing, into reviewing sex toys, yeah. and I'm now going all in, by the way, you're gonna see a lot more sex toys coming <laughs> forward. But um, you, we had to lift the, and I have permission to orgasm, because you're like, you gotta just, yeah. Use this toy whenever you can. So this this
1: is work now. You gotta yeah. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you get you gotta do this. And I mean, even even myself, um, you know, there are times I just wanna go up by myself and
0: I'm not going to lie, when when our, for like the year or so that our uh, sex drive, for lack of a better term, we've done the episode on libido and why sex drive isn't the best term, but when our sex drives were mismatched, mm-hmm. knowing you had your toys to play with and that you were happy being by yourself playing with your toys, the amount of pressure that was lifted for me, I was like, mm-hmm. I, not that you made me feel pressured, like why aren't we no. having sex whatever, that was, that's never been a thing for us, but the internalized pressure of... Oh my gosh, he's getting his pleasure somewhere other than from me. And am I failing as a submissive and a wife and a partner in general? Mm-hmm. Because I just don't even yeah. have the desire for this. And all of like, I I had to do a mental shift for myself to, ki- to kind of get myself over that. But because we both equally embrace sex toys for one another and together in a judgment free way, Oh, the relief. Now, the amount of times I've walked in on you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: We've got to put a, a signal so I don't do that. Um, I know you wouldn't care, but I'm not a voyeur. I care. I don't want to yeah. watch. But um, that was a little awkward. And that's when I learned just how often you masturbate. We, we, <laughs> Which we need, didn't bother we, me. We
1: need to get, go to a hotel and, and, and nick one of those do not disturb signs. I know. Yeah. <laughs> there we, <go>. we, can, <laughs> we can make one. I
0: have a cricket. I can figure it out. <laughs> um, but... Um, so that you never really went through that sort of shame aspect that a lot of no guys really seem to. no
1: no yeah I don't have I, any... I looked at it as as enhancing and enhancing yeah. the fun and yeah and I don't know. have
0: words of wisdom for anybody who feels that shame I think it's something that you have to I think it can help having a supportive partner if if you're mm-hmm. in a relationship I think it's one of those things that you have to be curious enough to just finally swallow down the fear or the concern or the worry and just go for it. Um, I know that my first adventures into sex toys, I kept it as secretive as possible. I wasn't telling anybody that I was going to like try vibrator or whatever, but my second foray into sex toys, I was shopping with a partner, my pre-my partner prior to you. My first collection of sex toys, he bought, which thank mm-hmm. God he had more money than I did. But um, And that was because it was something we did as a couple. It, it didn't occur to me in that relationship plus to to be worried about it but also in the power exchange sort of world that we Mm -hmm. inhabit in the community sex toys just tend to be more openly discussed anyway like because there's so many ways to enhance orgasm control being part of it to enhance scenes Mm -hmm. and stuff that it never felt taboo there but prior to that I, I would I guess my advice would be if, if somebody finds themselves in that situation is do it in secret first, figure out how you feel about sex toys as an individual yeah. and then either take the leap with that partner or I'm just gonna say, and this is gonna sound harsh and people are gonna say they don't agree with me and it's okay. If you don't feel confident or you are completely unwilling to attempt to have vulnerable conversations with your partner to tell them intimate things about you, your kinks, what you need for pleasure, what you want for sex, things you want to try, because you are worried about being shamed and ridiculed and judgment. One, if that is based on past moments with that partner, uh, I'm, uh, why are we there? I mean, yeah. I know, why, I know yeah. why people are there. Yeah. I know it's yeah. for kids, it's for money, it's mm-hmm. for, like, I know, I know, but also what? What are we doing? Um, but if you can be, allow yourself to be vulnerable with a partner, especially a long-term partner, to tell them these things, one, I think you end up learning about yourself and them.
1: Sure.
0: And in many cases you learn, one of the things you learn is, does this is this relationship got legs to stand on? Like, what are we doing here? So, yes, I know there are a lot of reasons why we stay with partners who are not right for us, but to never be willing to say something like that, like, I just don't see how you grow in that relationship ever at all, not on an intimate level, because this should be the one person, especially if it's a long term relationship, that should be the one person you can tell and what is going on either within you or within the relationship or within them that you can. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the thing to explore more than can I tell them I want to do this thing so there okay so right. we've got more uh,
1: and silent Wing says i just need to put a sock on the doorknob
0: i mean we yeah i <laughs> but since we taught the 15 year old what that means
1: yeah do you really I, want it,
0: to put a sock on the door yeah no right now and yes we <laughs> taught the 15 year old <laughs> what that means because i teased him and said look if you're going to be in here doing whatever you're going to be in his bedroom put a damn sock on the door he was like i'm not doing it in my bedroom when you're around i'm like Okay, I appreciate that. Anyway, um, okay, here's one that was interesting. Mm -hmm. And then the very final like little highlighted point is is what makes my heart sing, but this one is kind of interesting. Lack of sexual experimentation was found to be a relationship deal breaker as a quarter of respondents, about 25% said they would break up with a partner who's unwilling to experiment in bed. And that broke down to 34% of men and 19% of women. I am surprised it's that high. That feels high to me. Yeah. Because of all the reasons relationships stay together that have nothing to do with sex. Mm -hmm. Like I've, and is do we is that a positive thing? Like if you're not getting your needs sexual needs fulfilled in a relationship that you want to be a sexual relationship, then wouldn't that make sense? That that might that might end a relationship. Mm -hmm. Or are we back to that's a problem of our monogamy culture of never allowing people to think about how relationships can be structured outside of this one way
1: yeah i don't know i don't know it that's you know i i can i mean i guess the only thing i i question is Mm -hmm. you know lack of sexual experimentation Mm -hmm. so does that mean that there is Technically, sex occurring in other ways in, in other not, ways they're not experimenting. It, it, yeah, it's, it's just not broadening out. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I I was in a situation where there just was none. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. know, I mean,
0: I I put my former husband in that situation Yeah, <laughs> and <laughs> not proud. You know, yeah on
1: on the other hand, I can kind of understand that if, if you know if you're looking to to experiment and and
0: grow through a lens If I know I'm submissive, Mm -hmm. like I know, like I remember when I figured it out and I went, holy shit, I know I'm submissive. And I was in a relationship with somebody who was unwilling or unable to, and Mm -hmm. that's valid, this happens. To go down that path with me, if it felt like a driving need of something I had to explore and I had no way to explore it, Mm -hmm. I mean, in a relationship that already was not thriving and it was not (laughs) well before the end, Yeah, that would be a reason of many to end it.
1: Yeah. But I wonder. Now, I I know there are a number of people who love dating non-kinky people
0: Mm.
1: who want to sort of teach them, bring them into the fold. fold.
0: Come to the dark side. We've got cookies.
1: Yeah. And and there there are others who are like, I don't want anything to do with a person who's non-kinky. I I just want somebody who knows what they're doing. That was me. Who who likes what they like, and and let's go from there. That was me. You know, so, I mean, it's... you know, it, it's, because it's there's, sir, six and one half dozen of the other. And
0: surveys are imperfect. It's a yeah. snapshot in time and it creates a binary. You either are into this or you're mm-hmm. not. And there's no context and nuance and subtlety. And we know that there are a lot of reasons for this. So if I was in a really good relationship, I really cared about my partner. I um, was happy where I was. We had built a life. I didn't want the structure of our life to change. And they would not experiment with me sexually. I, that... Mm -hmm. pretend me is like, no, that would not be a relationship deal breaker because the relationship is good. In a brand new relationship where I'm not invested in this person and yeah, I like them, but it's not, I'm not sitting there going, oh, I want to be with them forever or whatever. It might be a deal breaker, even if everything's kind of good. I would imagine it becomes more of a deal breaker when other needs are not getting met in the relationship. Like mm-hmm. I have all these other things that I need from you and want to do with you and want to provide you. And know, we want to, I want to have this experience and we're not doing this, then maybe it becomes easier to go, okay, I'm out of here. Yeah. But I do think, especially through a kink lens, depending on how you see your kink identity, regardless of the label or title you use, if, if you are a person who feels like this kink identity is an inherent part of who I am, I have to be able to live this life in some way in order to have a happy, fulfilling life. That becomes a lot more understandable to me. Mm -hmm. Uh, Once I figured out I was submissive and I kind of, you know, was sort of past the... Oh, post-divorce, let's just have random wild sex or the opportunity occurs stage that I went through. Um, I condensed my entire college and early 20s experience into like a six-month period, that's what I did. <laughs> the things I've done. <clears throat> um, no regrets. Um, once I was like, okay, I'm, I'm not actively looking for a partner, but if I'm putting myself out there as single and looking for a partner, what? because I understood at that point I was submissive, I only wanted dominant partners. You had to know you were a dominant. Mm. You didn't have to just be a dominant, but you had to know you had, like, it wasn't gonna, I wasn't even gonna give you another glance if you weren't dominant. And so I think that that is also valid. And I had the good fortune to be single when I figured it out. I don't know what I would have done if I'd Mm. been in a vanilla marriage with a very vanilla person and realized how- It's tough. Right. It's tough. So definitely no judgment mm-hmm. to, regardless of how you have or would make that decision for yourself because there's so many factors to it. Nothing is in um, a vacuum. It's not just our sexuality. It's not just our kink identity. It's not It's not just anything. It's all of that stuff together. I do want to, one last like in the mm-hmm. whatever, and then there's a like a rapid fire thing that I wanted to do. But this last little quote from this email I got, it says, of those in a relationship, 57% want to improve their communication skills with their partner about their sex life. And then here's where it made me sad, but they don't know where to start. Yep. Well, if you're kinky, just come to loving BDSM is what I'm saying. Right, really? <laughs> we got you. Yep. Um, <laughs> but you know that it's not 75% and it's not 99% and it's not a hundred percent. Like it's not perfect, but, more but it's than more half, than half. Yeah. You know, and I do, I wonder for people in relationships, depending on how the plague impacted their personal lives, like were they working from home? Were they apart from their partner? Because one of them is like a healthcare worker, as we have several in our live stream mm-hmm. chat and who have mentioned that um, during this episode. Um, you know, how did the things that happened during this plague impact those people in ways that for some of them they went. Oh, I see some problems. I was I just didn't see before. Maybe the what they were both stuck at home together, all day long, every day, never going anywhere. I don't know about mm-hmm. that. Didn't, couldn't be us. It was totally us. Um, and maybe that's when you start noticing things that you just didn't notice before. Or maybe you were apart from your partner more than you had been. And then, mm-hmm. and then, if your mm-hmm. communication skills aren't good, when you're apart from one another, <laughs> that will be very clear very quickly.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, so I I am curious as to the. Cause it'll be unique for everybody, but like, was there a trend in what is bringing these people to wanting? I'm glad mm-hmm. to see it. Oh, I yeah. think we all do better when we have better communication skills in our sure. relationships, but it's like, oh, but now, now I'm more curious. What brings you here?
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> um,
0: I do just like we don't get good sex ed. We don't get like good relationship information and no, education. And no. we, we see what caregivers and parental figures in our life went through good or bad or otherwise um and we learn from that either uh, i'll never do that or oh okay apparently that's what you do we learn as we go through relationships any one of us is capable and probably has repeated bad behaviors over and over again until something happened to help us get out of that but there's there's no point like at your you know you hit puberty and they're like here's how deodorant works here's how razors work also here's how good communication with other people work." like nobody gets that kind of information you have to seek it out as an Mm -hmm, adult to learn it and usually by the time you're seeking it out it's because your you know life of relationships probably looks like a fucking train wreck like i had to go Mm -hmm. learn some of that stuff too because i was like i am unhappy with these things and I'll do what I can to fix me, to change yeah. me, to help me. Well, I mean, just
1: like, just like a lot of the books that you read and a lot of the TV shows you watch, you know, where you just want to reach out and you want to grab somebody by the lapel and, you know, just talk to each other, I you do, know.
0: I don't like a trope where the whole conflict centers on two people not having a fucking conversation. Yeah. I hate that shit.
1: You know, so that, that, that frustrates the hell out of me. Mm-hmm. It, I, I do not deny it can be tough to have that conversation mm-hmm. because you're dealing with the unknown. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and as the human animals that we are, the unknown is scary. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, re- regardless of who you are as a, a person in the human race, you know, the unknown is frightening. Mm-hmm. Opening up and being vulnerable on that level on something that is so intimate is difficult. Mm-hmm. All right. I am very lucky. In in times past, I have been met with things. With you, I have no problem. I can pretty much say anything. There's very little I can shock you with anymore with what I...
0: It could just be that I've gotten really good, at, and I have because of the nature of what we do. People say stuff to me all the time, and outwardly I go, oh, okay. Now, on the inside, I might be like, what the actual not <laughs> <laughs> just to hear. But I have learned to listen in a non-judgmental way. But no, in part of the reason I can give you that space, yeah. one, my own maturation as a human being. Mm-hmm. Two, because you give it back. I might I might purposely shock you so you laugh because I do that. Yeah. That makes yeah. me happy. Um, but you have proven time and time again that there is almost nothing I could say that would make you see me differently. Could no. I admit to a betrayal or a lie, or of course those kinds of mm-hmm. things? But me going, hey, I have this wild fantasy of you know a cactus, a dildo, and a stranger off the street. What yeah. do you think of that? <laughs> For the record, I have not had that fantasy. The cactus just sounds painful, um, and I don't deal well with strangers. But uh, you would go, huh? Okay, tell me more. All <laughs> <Like, laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Also, yeah. in your head, you might be like, oh, my God, what the fuck is wrong with her? But you would give me the space <laughs> yes. in a judgment-free way to just
1: yeah say yeah. what is on my
0: mind. And I yeah. think that, that that is the the best thing that any one person can give another person who – In our life, who deserves it? So one of the things, eventually we are going to do the episode on vulnerability Mm -hmm. based on a lot of Brene Brown's work because I love Brene Brown. But um, one of the things that, you know, when I was first reading her information about and consuming like TED Talks and stuff about vulnerability, I was like, Mm -hmm. you just have to be vulnerable with people. And I internalized that as with all people. And it was like, I think like the third video or the third thing I read, something, where she finally went, no, you're not vulnerable with all people. You're vulnerable with the people who are important people in your life that have proven that they can be those people. So Mm -hmm. yes, ideally a spouse, a parental figure, a best friend, like not everybody gets to see you at that most vulnerable, but in a relationship, like in a kink relationship, because hi, that's who we are. If I couldn't be vulnerable with you Mm -hmm. to tell you those things that you might not understand, or you might not like even agree with, or you might not like, but like, for me, it's, what the fuck are we doing here? Yeah. Let me tell you about the cactus, the dildo, but and the stranger off the street, please.
1: I, I do have questions <laughs> about the cactus, though. <laughs> is it a real cactus? <laughs> or is it something that's, that, that resembles a cactus? I mean, you know. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, God. God. Look, that is what happens when
0: I try to think off the cuff and I just start pulling <laughs> random words together. This is what you get. Okay. So I do want to end um because this list is actually what made me go. I want to talk about this t- these survey results. Yeah. And it was a top 10 list of things people are interested to try with a partner. And one, it goes back to um I don't think that they defined these things well, in my opinion, or it really just creates more questions, but y'all will understand it. I'm not gonna get into those questions because okay. I just kind of want to share. And if we have quick thoughts, we'll go through it. So it's- Okay,
1: so you're gonna start at number 10 and work your way up, right?
0: Oh, I almost didn't, but thank you. Yeah,
1: I, I, yeah.
0: <laughs> That's why we make a go partner, so, okay. So, number 10 at 12% was voyeurism. All I'm going to say that is no thank you. (laughs) I know you're very happy. You're like, come to the dark side, children. I can show you all about voyeurism. Um, Number nine, sadism and masochism, Mm -hmm. 13%. And again, that's not defined, which is frustrating to me. And you'll see why that's frustrating to me in a couple minutes. Number eight at 15% was phone sex or webcam sex, which... I mean, to me, that is actually the least like eyebrow raising thing of any of it. Cause it's like, well, if you're in a long distance relationship, that's the only way you have in sex. That's,
1: it's, it's almost so common anymore. Right.
0: I mean, have you and, sent somebody a, a dick pic or pics of your boobs? You have had phone sex on a sorry. level of sorts, mm-hmm. but that's okay. So these are what people want to try. Number seven at 17% is um, impact play. Uh, so they even did define it spanking, flogging, paddling, consensual, striking. Mm-hmm. Um, and all I could think was, but that to me is a subset of sadism and masochism. I mean, it could be done on its own. Like you don't have to call yourself a sadist or a masochist to be in mm-hmm. impact play. You do not. But I was like, well, but, but it's a subset. You know,
1: you know what? It, it is a subset, but <laughs> in in a sense... It is kind of its own thing to a lot of people. I know it is, okay? I know it is. You know, I'm being
0: nitpicky, I know. Yeah, you are. I know, because yeah. I, want, I want to, yeah. I have more questions about the survey and I just want to be in the room when they make the survey so I can ask those annoying questions that they're like, Kayla, just shut up. We're just trying to have a fun survey. <laughs> Number six at 18% is orgasm control. Uh yes, please. We are, right. we are into orgasm control in right here. I believe we did an episode on it way back in the Oh archives.
1: yeah, way back in the day.
0: Number five, also at 18%, uh, anal sex. Mm-hmm. And this is how your, your mind skews things. I'm at a point now that in my personal definition of like, cause these are, a lot of these things are quote kinks. They conflated in a couple of the surveys on the first page we have Mm -hmm. here anal sex being kinky and i'm like so in my mind these are a list of kinks that people are interested in trying they're not a list of kinks but because so many of them come under kink i'm like anal sex isn't a kink it is a kink if it's a kink to you y'all doesn't matter how i define it but that's just where my mind is at it's like oh i'm actually a little bit more shocked that it's not further up in the list do you think that that's because media outlets and sex Educators and people hype up anal sex more than people are actually interested in? Like, it's more of a trendy thing to say. Maybe. I don't know. I I, I honestly don't know what to say. Yeah. Hmm. So, number four at 20% is multiple partner or group sex. Number three, this is 21%. yeah. It's one of your favorites. Mm-hmm. <laughs> As in not at all yeah. role playing. Mm-hmm. That I that doesn't surprise me that role playing is in the top three because, quite yeah. frankly, role playing is almost like the gateway drug to all the other stuff. You're like, oh, I think I want to try dominance and submission or spanking mm-hmm. or whatever, and you can kind of cushion that. Let's let me talk about this kinky thing. And, and create like a softer place to land by going, let's try role play. But in the role play, yeah, you're experimenting with all these kinks. With, with all these elements, mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And I have in a few mo- moments where I've given my personal opinion on sex stuff, mm-hmm. I'm like, S- if you're into it, Try role play because, yeah, there's some freedom in role play. Yeah. Number two at 22%. The number two thing that people are interested in trying with a partner is BDSM. And mm. I'm just looking at the rest of the list going, well, you've already listed a lot of it. Like, <laughs> what do you mean by BDSM? Mm-hmm. And then this one surprises this, me. This
1: surprises me. Number one surprises me as well.
0: Uh, do the honors, please.
1: Public sex.
0: 23% of the respondents want to yeah. try public sex. With their partners, it's the top thing. Do you think, because now the part of the survey was about, you know, people people going through the pandemic and how it might have impacted some of their thoughts on sex or their sex life with their partner. Mm -hmm. Do you think that could be as a result of not everybody but so many people kind of being cut off and shut off from the rest of the world and being in their house and not really being allowed to go anywhere and so it becomes like it's almost it a taboo thing. Like, I'm free. Well, there's kind of thing, yeah. And I don't I think the word taboo is a little strong but it's the best mm-hmm. one I got. There was a little bit of a taboo for a while for people who took the plague hyper seriously. You didn't really go out. If you went out, you cover you mask covered up, stay kept your distance mm. and is it is it just that public sex is a thing that kinda tickles people's imaginations in general, or is it heightened now because it's like, ooh, going out in public, not a thing I did for a while. Mm-hmm. Having sex in public, not a thing that you're supposed to do. And there's some an so, element of so danger now, so and So now
1: you're gonna go go kind of do the, the gung ho thing. Right, just with it. go yeah. all
0: in. Just go yeah. all fucking
1: yeah. And and that could be a a part of it. I mean, just like you know it was talking earlier about how there're a good number of people are are like you know i i want to connect with more people mm-hmm. i i i want to expand you know my myself and and do things and so it it very well could be fall under that that umbrella
0: and also i could just be thinking about it too intensely reading mm-hmm. into it cuz i do that too
1: yeah you, you do do that but
0: so supposedly as imperfect as these kinds of studies and it's not even a study, it's survey. Mm-hmm. And that's how Americans feel about sex uh, in the year of our Lord, 2021 mm. post. It's not really post plague, but we'll call it post plague. Yeah, it pretty
1: much is. We, we, we kind of, st- we can start getting there now, girl.
0: I know, but I don't feel comfortable saying it. I'm just saying. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that was, mm-hmm. that was fun. Actually, not going to lie sitting here looking at this list of things. People are interested to try with a partner. I'm like, Oh, we need a topic an episode on that or a video or a short mini set on that, on that, on that. So you might see some of these coming through. Um, Yeah. It's hard. Like in the live stream chat, people can tell us what they think and they have been, but podcast listeners, I know it's harder for you. And there's a part of me that wants to go, yeah, but what do y'all think about this? So feel free. Uh, You can reach out to us on socials. You can email us. I'm getting better at responding to emails. Um, So there's that. Not great. (laughs) <laughs> Still kind of <laughs> shitty about uh, Fat Life DMs, but I'm getting better. Yeah. Also, by the time the podcast episode goes out, I guess I know what my blog post for Loving BDSM is there for this There you go. Week. And so, we you got your notes. Right. Podcast listeners, a link to this information based on the way we presented it and it was presented to us will be in the show notes. Uh, mm-hmm. If you're watching on YouTube by the end of the week, that link should be in the description box. Uh, but if you are a newsletter subscriber, you will. Uh, yeah. And this is the moment I realized I forgot to do announcements at the top. So if you're, you're somehow still here, I'm going to do that real quick before we go into the bonus section. You can go do ahead.
1: That? Do your announcements. We'll do, our, we'll do our goodbye. And while you're doing that, I'm going to step away for just a hot okay. moment. Okay.
0: How did I forget the announcements? I don't know. I said it was chaotic. Um, yeah. So announcements. Uh, you can enter to win a Kinkery gift card and a hard copy of a BDSM contract from bdsmcontracts.org, which we have uh, worked with in the past. We have reviewed their products. We love them over there. Uh, Before I knew who they were and knew the owner, like by email knew the owner, I had been linking to them before. So I was Mm -hmm. like, okay. Um, And it's bdsmcontracts.org slash win. The giveaway, ability to enter runs through the month of June. So links in the places. And then the other thing I forgot to mention at the top of this episode was that this Friday, June eighteenth, so the day the podcast audio drops, uh, is our monthly YouTube hangout. Nine mm-hmm. thirty p.m. Yeah, Eastern this Friday. Uh, we go if we're not sick, <laughs> and we don't have to be up early the next morning. We try to go till midnight. Sometimes we go later. I don't see us going later, but we might. I don't know. Uh, and it's just a hangout. It's not, we're not, we're not mm-hmm. talking about anything special. There's a lot of talk about food, beverages, chocolate TV, TV shows, shows. Books,
1: movies, mm-hmm. all kinds of mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Kinds it's like a stuff. virtual munch. I've sort yeah. of started calling it a virtual munch. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's that. Mm-hmm. And let me check my notes because I didn't do that for this episode. Okay, there we go. <laughs> uh, I can't believe I did that. So now we can go into the bonus section so
1: are we good yeah
0: clearly not i'm doing the show in reverse might as well have done the bonus <laughs> section is it
1: reverse day
0: it's opposite day yeah yeah okay, okay. Keep,
1: keep it the kinky y'all
0: and we'll see you next time
1: yes baby girl
0: can i talk to the crickets please
1: you want talk to the crickets
0: Yes, please.
1: All right, go ahead.
0: Salim is giving me shit in the live stream chat.
1: Good. Somebody's got to.
0: (laughs) Well, you already do. It's your full-time job. Somebody else to share the load. Mm. Yeah. (laughs) Salim's like, sometimes we go later, as in 1210. Hey, one time we stayed, I think, until 1 a.m. I think. I think we did. Mm. I think we, I thought, I thought we did.
1: And- before you go too, okay. much too far, okay. two things I want to mention. Okay. One, mm-hmm. the emoji of the week, <laughs> oh, due God. to popular consensus.
0: In the live stream chat.
1: <laughs> is the cactus.
0: <laughs> Which means it will be in the uh, newsletter <laughs> subscriber subject line. Oh, God. Oh, God. Okay, no context for that.
1: Yep. And uh, earlier on, there was talk of the slap the Slapstick. slapstick. Um, Lynn offered herself up as tribute, so okay.
0: <laughs> I have got to get you recording that fucking sound. I'm pretty sure. Just to pop up on for kinkery stuff, I'm really pretty sure that would like do something for somebody. Uh, <laughs> so, what do we got for bonus action? I don't even know. Right. I thought there was some stuff, but now I don't remember. Would you like to turn on the what? fan now that we don't care about the hum in the background? Yeah, Sorry, okay. podcast listeners, but we're hot. Yeah,
1: it, it's warm in here now and uh, going to pop on the fan to bring yeah. us some air.
0: Makeup's starting to melt off my yeah. face.
1: <laughs> so, Well, I don't know, last week was a was a uh, rough week for me.
0: Yeah, you it, were like it, sick it was, by Friday. It,
1: it was very stressful, um, you know, because we had some really deep stuff to talk about last week. And um, in, on top of all that, you know, most of you know, if you I've been working on uh, making lifestyle changes, which overall have been going very well. Um, hit a road bump. Yeah. Speed bump by the end of last week. Roadblock. Roadblock.
0: we are just, we're just mix them up. Well, yeah. It's you a road know. bump. <laughs> it's a bump in the road.
1: A bump in the road. <laughs> and uh, it knocked me off my feet.
0: Yeah, you, were, you basically laid down for two days. Yeah. I mean, just... Yeah. If he wasn't on the couch, he was in the bed. Just.
1: And uh, it, it I, I had to make some adjustments. Uh, I'm doing very well mm-hmm. with what I was doing. But, um, yeah, I, I needed to make some, some kind of serious adjustments. Um, back early, a number of years ago, when we first started uh, doing the keto stuff, um I was very much on board with the intermittent fasting. Mm-hmm.
0: You and took that really well.
1: I, I took to it really well. Um I breakfast was predominantly the meal that I skipped. Mm-hmm. And then I went, you know, all in for for lunch and dinner. This time, however, um the fasting is not working out for me. Yeah, now. Um Part of my my dip was from not eating uh, regular um, meals or whatever. And, uh, yeah, I I nosedived hard for two days. Mm -hmm. And um, came out the other side okay. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, I've made some some minor adjustments and back on track. Um, I'm doing well with the weight loss, Mm -hmm. which I'm very, very happy about. Um, you know, and and I know. Um, I got my blood sugar pretty well maintained at this point.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So you know, we'll see. So far, so good.
0: We have a, pr- a petty point to prove to a doctor we don't even like, and we'll change from after this visit. <laughs> yes, but we're gonna be petty about it.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But anyway, that 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 kind of, you know, how my week went Mm -hmm. last week and now this week i've been playing catch-up yeah um i even had kayla out in the shop with me yesterday he let
0: me use a tool that turns on and is powered by power i
1: I taught kayla how to use a random orbital sander
0: (laughs) and i got an arm workout and my finger (laughs) my hands still hurt today yeah i was like you do remember i write for a living right like mm-hmm. i have to be able to move my fingers to type these hurt
1: <laughs> i told you you're, you're you're building up those finger muscles you know you're making those fingers stronger for better typing
0: i want i'm gonna give an endorsement to you, okay <laughs> not for the fucking random orbital sander which i did i was feeling pretty good i was sanding paddles and i was like you were and you were so kind of I, I teased about my quote, manicure, and the one I give to myself. I did not pay for these, Mm -hmm. but whatever. And you're like, you want gloves? I'm like, no, I want to be able to put my fingers on the wood to make sure it's as soft as them and, you know, Mm -hmm. being a shop elf woodworker. So, but there was the random orbital sander tool. It turns on and it makes noise, y'all. And it's fucking heavier (laughs) than it looks. I'm not gonna lie. And then there was then sanding my hand with little strips of sandpaper. And nobody should be shocked that I am... Not uh, good with these things. Grace ain't my middle name, uh, and I sanded with both the orbital sander and the sandpaper that I held in my hand. Sanded over my nails a few times. <laughs> I want you to know that the only perceptible damage to my nails, which I'm holding up to the camera. Sorry, podcast folks, you cannot see it. Is where I actually sanded off a part of my actual physical nail. The so far. The Holo Taco nail polish I'm wearing did not fucking chip off. <laughs> and I sanded my own fingers. So yes, I could have worn gloves and I probably would have protected the one nail that did get sanded off at the corner. <laughs> but the nail polish fucking withstood it. And I'm just, I'm not I'm not—I'm an affiliate of Holo Taco. I don't have enough. I had to start a box for the little collection I've got going. Mother's Day, birthdays, Christmases, Mm -hmm, you know what the mm -hmm. fuck I want. Uh, But, if you're looking for a nail polish that apparently can withstand (laughs) sanding, (laughs) holotaco.com is what I'm selling you.
1: Now, I I have to say, I I have to say this to y'all, between YouTube folks and, and podcast listeners, for having never used any kind of power tool, you did very well. Thank you. You did a good job.
0: Till I disappeared because I was like, I have a thirty-minute Skype call. An hour yeah. and a half later, I came back. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> sorry. Okay. I don't have any Skype calls scheduled for Friday when I am once again a shop elf.
1: Mister Spock asked if you know if you get good at it to, to to loan you out to help him with some boat boat work. So you, ha- you know what? You Ms- do have to feed me if I work Spock, for you. Mr. Spock, that's to feed fine. Me. Just, just you know, say when, you and, have to and I'll send her along. Me and you have to yeah.
0: feed me. Yeah. Yep. Just that's the rule.
1: <laughs> there you go. So, you know, no, you you did a, you did a very good job. And thank you. And you know what was great about it was. It took me away from having to do that, and I was on the lathe spinning handles.
0: Man, yeah, you busted out a ton of – they're not made yet, but they're going to be evil sticks. So mm-hmm. I was – and I was funny because I'm sanding, and I don't know how fast this should go. You had said yeah. – um, especially when I got to the the sanding with the actual bits of sandpaper, you're like, okay, this, the lower grit will take you longer, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, Mm -hmm. okay, so I don't have a concept of how long should this take. So I'm sanding and I'm a perfectionist. That is also a thing that I kind of have to be careful for, but if it means that the end result. Which is why I knew it would be a good job for her. (laughs) Damn it, (laughs) lying fuck again. (laughs) But so I'm standing and I would turn because our backs were to one another. I was supposed to be like out in the backyard, but then it was about to rain, so I was inside the little shed with him. And I kept turning around to see like how's he doing, and you're like whipping out these handles that are gonna become evil sticks. And I was like, wow, look at him. And I understood. I understood that moment what was happening with me doing this. Mm -hmm. You could do that, and I was like, I am here for this shit. Make more shit so baby girl can fucking sell it. Let's do this. Yeah, well, you know,
1: on on the lathe, I'm, you know, turning handles like that, two tools for one thing, mm-hmm. I need two tools to do it. And being able, you know, I had the wood there, you saw me, I had my little uh, tray table mm-hmm. set there. I had everything lined up from sandpaper I needed, you know, to the wood and, and the polishing compound and just Bang, 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 one yeah. after the other.
0: And it was really cool to be in there to get, cause we weren't talking. We weren't like, I was doing my thing and you no. were doing your thing, but we have this ability to sit in comfortable silence in almost any situation. We do it when we're in the car. We do it when we're both reading our books in the living room. And apparently we do it in your workshop. And it was really nice. Yeah. It was really nice. Mm-hmm. Also, it helped that you were like all uh, there were nine paddles, and you're like, if these nine, five of them will be yours, and you will get to do unicorn spit things to them. And I was like, oh, I'm even more invested now. <laughs> 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 I was also like sitting there going, okay, how can we get, how can we do more of this more often? Because I want to like, uh, I've got big goals and plans because no. we don't have a choice anymore.
1: Silent Wing made a suggestion that I really like.
0: Oh God, what? will work for coffee is is
1: there a will work for coffee i
0: think it needs to be well a will work for coffee not one that we have but also i think there should be a will kink for coffee because i will kink for coffee yeah just saying Mm. i mean my kink might be service submissive with a random orbital sander but (laughs) 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 you know you kink your way i'll kink my way (laughs) have
1: have sander will travel
0: I really did, I'm I'm such a weakling. I have no real good arm strength. The most arm kind of workout I get is holding onto Lola's leash when we block her. (laughs) And she sees something that she wants to go after. So, I mean, I'm getting a little bit, but I every like two paddles, I was like, I had to turn the sander off, put it down, shake out my arms. Then I had to keep doing like messing with my fingers to try and get the, Mm -hmm. pardon the expression, get the kinks worked out of those. Um, But yeah, I I really enjoyed it and then I, so I was gone on that 30 minute Skype call for an hour and a half and I came back and I felt guilty because I was late, but then I got annoyed because you were finishing my job. I was like, but I'm supposed to do this. What are you, are, what, why are you doing it? I knew why you were doing it. I had not been there. I'm gonna get my pay docked, I know. But- And,
1: and I got my stack done for the day.
0: <sighs> so, <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, do we have any pet updates? Lola's wonderful. She yeah. does. Uh, so I gave the the little uh, not sneak peek, but sort of spoiler alert to the YouTube live stream um, for podcast listeners. We uh, just filmed a very chaotic uh, office tour that'll go up on the Loving BDSM YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. Should be by the fu- Monday after this goes out, but. Um, Lola does feature in it. You can see all of Lola a couple of times in it, depending on how the editing goes, but you'll see Lola. She's a camera hog. She's like just living her best (laughs) life. I'm trying to point out the love seat that is her love seat and she's laying next to it, like making me a liar. I'm like, bitch, I know that's your seat. Like, why aren't you in it? Right, right, right. It's fine. Um, The cats are just... The cats. They're the cats. They're still going after one another. Onyx slept next to me in the middle of the night. I woke up to her pressed against my leg, not moving. I was both burning up hot and desperate to move, but also in love. I was like, she loves me. She really loves me. So that was nice. And
1: and we started a a new TV show, courtesy of the 15 year old. Yeah, he
0: got us hooked.
1: Um, He was in season five, and we kind of started watching over his shoulder <laughs> a little bit here and there. And, and it was intriguing enough, uh, this week we sat down and started watching Lucifer from season yeah, one. Yeah, and
0: I... Um, I- don't know any of the backstory about lucifer season one now season two we're in season two yeah we're halfway
1: um, through season two now yeah. lucifer
0: in season five like he's clearly had some shifts and changes 15 year olds like i like who lucifer becomes by season five and i'm like over here going yeah but i i said yeah yeah he's fine but i could really like early days lucifer because i'm sorry <laughs> early days lucifer is hitting some serious like turn-ons of mine Mm -hmm. tall dark and handsome irreverent clearly kinky i mean i was a little disappointed there was one scene you know the the, kind of the the running gag is there's always like a naked person somewhere near him usually a woman um and there was a a mention of like bondage or whatever and oh candle wax he was dripping candle wax Mm -hmm. on um uh, some beautiful gorgeous woman doing her best porn star fake orgasm sounds um yeah. and then he went over to like his stuff and he pulled out the whipped cream and i was like god damn it lucifer Ugh. you should know better of all people but <laughs> you know they didn't ask me before they wrote that episode so like can i tell them? uh but <laughs> yes i should be a kink should i be a kink consultant on some of these shows no i should not i don't think i'm i'm uh i'm not caught. they're more more qualified kink educators, but I would ruin all of their uh drama Tropes. because I'd be like, tell them to fuck, have them fucking have a conversation. Cut through the bullshit. Stop this mm-hmm. bullshit of they're in conflict because they just won't talk to one another. Fuck that shit. Yeah. I, yeah, they wouldn't keep me around for very long. For that. Mm-hmm. But so I would tell them, don't don't put whipped cream in his kink kit. In his, like, his kink bag? What the fuck?
1: his toy bag? Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah. But yeah, it, it's, it's been an enjoyable show
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: and uh, we, we've been having fun watching it. And someone mentioned a lot, several people mentioned the live stream. Tonight is uh, episode two of Loki.
0: Tonight, huh? Yeah. Oh, you mean tonight is Loki. Tonight. I thought you meant we were live streaming tonight. I'm like, no, we're not live streaming No,
1: tonight. no, no, no. It's no.
0: daylight outside. I feel the Florida heat emanating through yes, the I office. Yes, I do too. I yes, do too. but yes, the next episode of Loki. Yeah. <coughs> Can't wait. Mm-hmm. Can't wait. Yeah. Looking
1: forward to that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, uh,
0: yeah we've just been
1: been being us and yeah doing stuff, and
0: yeah, and I'm just trying not to have any breakdowns or crises or same here, yeah, we're just just doing our thing,
1: yeah mm-hmm.
0: as always one
1: one day after the other, one foot in front of the other,
0: and now I know how to work a random orbital sander,
1: yeah you do Yeah, you do mm-hmm. I have to uh step you up once you get good with Jesus it Christ. Know. Look, I can only do things that
0: my manicure can tolerate. That's my limit. That's my boundary. (laughs) Podcast listeners, you can't see the look on his face, but you know you know the look on his face, right?
1: (laughs) Hmm. Sounds like I've just been given a challenge to push some boundaries. God damn it.
0: (laughs) Hey, if it means we get more product out. I'm here for it. I'm here for it. I'm here, for it. I'm here for it. Yeah, yeah. Junie asked a question that somebody else might have to be thinking, so I we, let's answer it. Uh, do you have to have the knowledge of the whole lore uh, to enjoy Loki, or is it standalone? I think there's some little bits that you'll be like, what? I think so far in the first episode, I think you could be fine not having watched all the Marvel movies um, because they do kind of catch you up on what happens and what in that moment is Loki's quote future that he hasn't lived yet. Um, But it did not, I didn't feel like there were, like I felt felt like it kind of could stand alone. I think if you Mm -hmm. under if you watch the Thor movies, you'd have a broader understanding, a deeper understanding of who Loki
1: is. But at the same time, going into the show in the first episode, they give you yeah they 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 give you so much backstory um, as to what's going on to to the present point of the story that you you have a a pretty good understanding of what's going on.
0: Yeah, and I will say, so far, first episode being all we've got. To see so far, is that um, I mean it feels different from a typical.
1: If you if you know that if you know that Loki is the god of mischief
0: and Thor's brother, then so far you're probably got it. Yeah. And if you didn't, now you do. So there you go. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I could really use a day, a week, a month where I just lay on the couch and watch all of the shows all of the maybe rewatch all the marvel stuff maybe watch mm. some disney movies we watched a lot uh raya and the last dragon yes <gasps> that was so good yep. i was so happy to see that there was no romance conflict there was no man that somebody wanted to marry her off to there was no like you know like none of that it was get her dad back deal with you know figure out the the stuff the conflict, raya yeah. And not going to lie, the conflict between the other, like, kind of main character, part of me went, when I went at the very beginning, and I'll just go ahead and say, no, they did not. I was like, wait, are we going to get a queer relationship? Because there was something about the interplay. Mm-hmm. I was like, they didn't, but I was like, I, I mean, wouldn't have been mad if they have. Just saying. So, <laughs> yeah, we saw that too. So I just, yeah. like, I just need to, like, sit on the couch. Cold beverage next to me, and just like watched mindlessly watch stuff for like a few years. I think <laughs> just not doing anything <laughs> for a while. We're not doing that right now, no. but I could I could go for that. Yeah. Okay. So right. okay, we uh, we have rambled and rattled through this. We have. I thought we were getting good at like having slightly shorter episodes.
1: Mm-hmm. <sighs> no,
0: no, we were not. Um. Okay, so hopefully we'll see some of y'all, all all y'all, more of Mm y'all, I don't know. uh, Friday night's hangout. We do now keep the video up. So if you can't make it live and you're like, I just need background noise that's not meaningful or important,
1: (laughs) that it's available there too.
0: Um, So. Yeah. Yeah, we're gonna go. Mm -hmm. We got other. Other things that we got to get done. Apparently, yep. I got a blog post to write. Yeah, you early, do. something written to get, go in this those, episode.
1: Get those fingers busy, girl. <laughs> working on it. No working on it. <laughs> um,
0: okay. So, uh, we will talk to you all later. Yep. We'll be back next week with more stuff. Absolutely. Friday Night Hangout. Mm-hmm. Blah, blah, blah. We love you guys. Mm-hmm. Bye.